Hey guys, and welcome to the second episode of the Soto Mojo Podcast. Uh, we're going to cover starting pitching today, and we have a special guest on the show, uh, Mr. TJ Moulton, uh, uh, who's a big uh, Seattle Mariners fan, also graduated of Eastern Washington University, go Eags, and uh, he, ju- he jumped on to talk about starting pitching, and I'll play that interview in a minute. Uh, just wanted to reiterate a few housekeeping uh, things for the website. Um, we're still looking for writers and a site expert. So if you're interested in writing about the Mariners, um, please reach out to uh, Fansided. Uh, go to thefansided.com slash openings and apply there. Um, it's a lot of fun. You know, you meet some really good people and you get to write about the Mariners. Uh, also, this is going to be, we'll, we'll call this part one of a two-part starting pitching discussion um, to see what happened in 2017 and what the Mariners should do moving forward. Part two will be with site contributor uh, Dan Clark, who will, that show will be released on Thursday um, of this upcoming week. Uh, Wednesday night or Thursday morning, I should say. Um, We're still working out the details there. But this was part one of an interview with T.J. Moulton about the starting pitching for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, I hope you enjoy. And as always, if you guys want to hop on the podcast, we are always willing to welcome Mariner fans who want to talk about baseball. So just reach out to us. You can reach me on Twitter at CPAT11, C-P-A-T-11, or Dan Clark. You can find him on Twitter or reach out to the Facebook page or Twitter account for SotoMojo.com. So with that being said, here is the interview with T.J. Moulton about the starting pitching. Joining us on the Soto Mojo podcast, off-season podcast, episode number two, we have T.J. Moulton. T.J., say hello to the people. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, thanks for joining joining us, T.J. Our, uh, our task today is we have to talk about the starting rotation. So, yay. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about the Mariners starting rotation today. We have a few topics of discussion. Um, we'll just dive right in. We don't want to keep you guys too long. So let's go ahead and jump right into our first topic, which is the recent press conference of Jerry DePoto um, at the end of the season with Mer- with the uh, Seattle social, uh, the Seattle media. Um, did, TJ, did you get a chance to read that or listen to that? I did. Yeah. Um, some interesting takeaways, um, particularly with the starting pitching. Um, Maybe not in a good way. <laughs> um, to me, it kind of sounded like Depoto is maybe a little too content with where the starting pitching is at right now. I don't know if you got that same impression, but that was a little unsettling to me. Yeah, it uh, it definitely didn't uh, sound like he was all that interested in uh, uh, playing the free agency game. That's kind of the vibe I got from it. Um, you just look at some of his comments. Uh, the one that kind of jumped out to me is that uh, said, here's a quote from the press conference. It says uh, DePoto says, quote, we are not going to plan on innings from starting pitching that we have counted on before. Uh, that's just not how the game works. There were 15, 200-inning pitchers this year. We didn't have a single qualifier for the ERA title. That's the way the game is gone. We are going to plan – we're going to plan as a result of that in a little different way than we have been before. Uh, it goes on to talk about Wolfpack mentality, um, but it certainly doesn't sound to me like they're gearing up to go add, you know, Jake Arietta or 
go trade for an ace. So I, it's what does that what does that tell you when he's sitting here kind of saying that, you know, the Mariners were not going to be looking for two hundred inning guys anymore. What does that say to you? Um, I mean, in an ideal world, <clears throat> excuse me, in an ideal world, you want that. But I, I do think he's right that there has to be a market um, for that. And um, on one hand, uh, you want him to kind of build through the draft and build depth, which I think he's done a pretty good job of. On the other, you're looking at it like, hey, our core is aging, and this might be our, our last real run at it. So I get it from both ends. Selfishly, I want them to go get a guy like Arietta or Lance Wynn or maybe you Darvish just for maybe the fun factors. But, um, I mean, I just, it's kind of undeniable that that would make them a better team. Um, I mean, I don't know the exact number, but they used a ridiculous amount of starting pitchers last year. Um, a lot of that was on health. Yeah, 17 starting pitchers. A lot of that's <laughs> on health. Um, right. A lot of that's just on not having a lot of good pitchers. Um so I don't know. It's a little disheartening to me that um, he would say say that in that tone. Um, and who knows? Maybe maybe that's not his plan at all. We don't really know until the off season gets here. But um, and, and we all know that Depoto prefers the trade route to free agency uh, thus far. So I, I'm still uh, still pretty optimistic about about him bringing in at least someone, at least some major league talent for the rotation. He, he just has to. There's really no other way around it. Right. Uh, it's it's tough to disagree with all that. Uh, we know DePoto likes to go the trade route, but we also know that the farm system is pretty tapped out. Um, so, right, yeah. It's what, what do you even trade at this point, really? Right. I don't think you're looking to trade, you know, Kyle Lewis or – I, probably not Evan White and Sam Carlson. Maybe Nick Nider, maybe, but probably yeah, not. Maybe. I mean, so yeah, it's it's a little bit of a uh, tough needle for him to thread. Uh, tough, yeah, needle for him to thread there. But uh, yeah, you know, I thought that was interesting. I'm wondering if maybe we're going to see a little bit more of, uh, you know, what the Saber Circle calls bullpenning, where you have your two right. or three guys that go six innings. And then the last two spots in your rotation, you're kind of going, eh, let's see if we can get through the order one and a half times with these guys. And well, and that's, that's, that's kind of how it was used at the end of the year um, when guys like Marco Gonzalez, mm-hmm. Dana Starr, or Andrew Moore at times when Emilio Pagan, you're hoping to get three or four out of the starter, and then you're you're trying to get three out of Pagan, and then it's in the, the heart of your bullpen. So I think we saw a little bit of that last year and. There was some success doing it. I don't know if it's sustainable for an entire season, though, is, is the problem with that. I think to be sustainable for an entire season, you really need maybe not an elite bullpen, but you need a very, very good bullpen with seven quality arms, not you know five quality arms and two Casey Lawrence types. You know what I'm saying? So Right. Uh, yeah, I just I thought that I, was... I don't I don't think Seattle has that. I think they have a couple of interesting arms. I mean, if you're counting on another season like that out of Nick Vincent, sorry, but you're probably going to be pretty disappointed. Not that he can't be good, but um, that's no. about as good as he gets. Um, Dan Altavilla took a really big step back this year. Um, as great as Edwin Diaz can be, he can be equally as erratic. Um, 
So I don't know. I don't really see them right now as having a bullpen that can do that. Right. We'll talk about the bullpen. Maybe not you and I, but the podcast will talk about the bullpen, I believe, next week's episode. So that, that'll be an interesting one. Uh, let's jump back into the rotation real fast here, specifically with DePoto's comments about Felix Hernandez. Um, if you didn't if you didn't hear them, I'll read a little bit here. It says, quote, I don't know how we are going to get him through 33 starts without managing it a little differently than we have previously, whether that is starting less frequently, whether that is monitoring pitch counts in a different way than we have before, whether it's part of the offseason training preparation and in-season routines. We will do whatever we have to do to make sure he is at his best in the best position he can be. Um, he goes on to say, I don't know if he can stay try and stay healthier. Uh, yes, he can. Uh, once you once you have these issues, it's a matter of maintenance. It's it's the uh, sorry the issue that Felix has endured are happening under his skin, aren't they all? And you can't work hard and make a ligament stronger. I don't think that's true. You can't lose weight and create more stability in an elbow joint. That's not real. End quote. I mean, aside from the questionable medical connotations of these comments, I mean. That doesn't exactly paint a very pretty picture of where the Mariners see Felix Hernandez. So where do you see Felix Hernandez in 2018 and beyond? About in the same boat. Um, I mean, I I think I'm about as critical on Felix as, as any Mariners fan I know or, or follow on Twitter or anything, but he just – you can't count on him. Um, I mean, even even when he is healthy, he's, he's like a four – and not even a four you're really thrilled about. Um, I, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know what to say about Felix. He, uh, it's frustrating because, I mean, he gave everything to the team for years. Um, and he, I mean, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball for, for a decade, yeah. more or less. Yeah. And, um, it's frustrating to see it happen. Um, uh, equally as frustrating is that, you know, he's only like, 30, I believe. Uh, um, I think he turns 32 in like April. So 32. Okay. Not, I mean, yeah. it, he, he's not old. I mean, I, I get that he's had a lot of innings on his arm, um, but he needs to find a way to reinvent himself or uh, I don't know what else to say. He's, he's a borderline four or five in my book. Should probably be in the bullpen. Um I don't know. It's ugly when it comes to Felix, which is really sad to say, but I don't really know if there's any other way I can put it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, difficult with Felix. He's kind of, uh, I mean, his number will be retired at Safeco Field one day. There's really no doubt about that. He's arguably the best pitcher in Mariners history. Um, he's right up there with Randy Johnson. So, I mean, it's really tough to, but at the same time, you know, two of the last three years, two of the last four years, you could make a pretty compelling argument that Felix Hernandez is one of, if not the biggest reason the Mariners couldn't get into the playoffs. He hasn't stayed healthy. And when he was healthy, he wasn't that good. Um, I have an interesting note here. We'll move off of Felix in a second, but uh, his note right here says that James Paxson and Felix Hernandez missed a combined 147 games in 2017. Obviously they're not starting all those games, but that's about what uh, probably 30 starts, give or take. And yeah. uh, those are 30 starts that had to be taken by Andrew Moore. No offense. <laughs> you know, Ariel Miranda, it just it didn't work out that well. So let's jump off of Felix real fast, and let's take a look at uh, 
I, I'm going to ask you to do something that is not fair. Um, I'm going to ask you to name right now the opening day starting five for the Seattle Mariners using only the players that are currently in the organization. So uh, oh, who's your one boy, through five? You're killing me. <laughs> um, man, that is tough. I mean, you start with Paxton, obviously. Yep. Um, players in the organization right now, I feel like Mike Leak is your two, is he not? Sadly. <laughs> I think you I have feel to like he has him. to be. And yeah. I, I like Mike Leak. I really like Mike Leak as a four. He's he's a good number three. He's a great four. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's probably your two. Um, from, from what I saw last year, uh, man, I mean, they'll, Felix will be there too, but, right. but as far as I'm concerned, Leak is your two. Albers might be your three. Oof. Ouch. And then, and then Felix and Erasmo, I feel like are your four or five. And then you have Andrew Moore, um, Mark, I don't, I would probably put Andrew Moore and Marco Gonzalez off that list. I want Ariel Miranda as far off the list as humanly possible. <laughs> um, but I think that would be my five, which I'm not particularly thrilled about. A lot of interesting guys, but right. the depth is fine. Um, but one more, one ace, um, hell, even a, a Lance Lynn type um, really makes that look a lot better. It really does. Uh, so just we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire here. I'm going to throw a few questions at you. And then we'll do a quick brief uh, brief little look at uh, potential targets in free agency and possibly trade. And I'll throw a few names at you. You let me know what you think. Sound good? Okay. Let's do it. All right. So let's go here with uh, question number one. Okay. Who was the most surprising starting pitcher for the Mariners this year? In a good way or a bad way? Take it either way you want it. Um, I, will, I will say, though, most the, next, surprising? the next question Go is ahead. most disappointing. So, I mean, okay. if it's the same for both, um, you might as well give me a positive one. Right. I would say, you know, I was pretty hard on him when we reacquired him, but I'll go with the Rasko Ramirez. I really liked what, what I saw from him. I think he gives you pretty good roster flexibility being able to come out of the bullpen. Um, he was probably our second best starter in the second half of the season. Um, I'll go I'll go with Erasmo, barely over Albers. I really liked what I saw from Albers, too, but um, I was not an Erasmo guy. Uh, but he, he really kept us in the race as long as he could in the second half. Yeah. Before we move off of Erasmo real fast, there's some thought that maybe the Mariners – might not offer him arbitration. He's going to make about $5 million this year. Uh, my stance on that has always been that seems awfully cheap. Uh, yeah, it doesn't, you have to do that. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like there's a fine line between being frugal and cheap. Now the $5 million goes and pays for Lorenzo Kane. I mean, okay, but still, it, it just seems cheap to me. So you're in favor of bringing Erasmo back next year to at least be part of the bullpen? 100%. Um I mean, and I think he showed last year that he can be a rotation guy too. Um, I mean, you don't want him to be your second best starter, um, <laughs> no. but I, I think if he's your five 
kind of a long man in the bullpen. I think that's pretty good, pretty good value for five million. I mean, that's pennies in, yeah, I, in baseball contracts. I would agree. All right, uh, question number two: the most disappointing pitcher, starting pitcher, in twenty seventeen was. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> take your time. Lots to choose from. Yeah, you know. I think it has to be Felix. Um, it's right. pretty disappointing. Um, his last couple of seasons, not just the results, but kind of, I don't know, just just the way he failed to take care of his body. And I get that some injuries you can't help, but there are certainly others that you can. Um, I would say Felix. Uh, I think it has to be Felix. I think there are other disappointments, but um, I I think that it, it really just has to be Felix. I mean, just the salary alone, you need more than that, right? I, yeah. Right. I mean, you could really take a pick, but uh, for me personally, it's Drew Smiley. I was a big Drew Smiley fan, and you never even got to see him throw a pitch. So I mean, yeah, that, that that was disappointing. But I mean, Felix is kind of the it's the obvious answer, and almost it has to be the answer, just based on what you're right. paying him and what you expect from him. So uh, one yeah. last rapid-fire question here. Uh, give me the young starting pitcher that you feel best about, and we're not talking about James Paxson, so take him off the list. Which one of the young guys okay. Which one of the young guys are you most intrigued by? Um, are we talking guys that made starts last year or prospects or? Anybody who doesn't have more than – anybody who's not arbitration eligible, basically. So anybody with less than okay. three years in the big leagues is fine. Okay. Um... Uh, he's not young. Um, his playing career is young, but I I think I'll go Albers. I I like him the most out of the that kind of Marco Gonzalez, mm-hmm. Andrew Moore group. Um, I I really like. I think he's just his pitch ability really stood out to me. Uh, really seems like he has um, just a knack. He just knows how to pitch. Um, okay stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I think that he's not going to be a guy that can get you past maybe the past the six, you're kind of hoping for a five innings out of them, but but I really like what I saw from Albers. Yeah, tough not to. The the uh, fastball changeup, curveball are all at least average, and he throws lots of strikes, so... Um, right, yeah. I, at the very least, he's going to be very good triple-A uh, depth for you. Um, right, and, right. You know, maybe a bullpen guy, but uh, so that'll that'll wrap up the rapid fire here. So let's just talk briefly about a few of the guys in free agency and maybe via trade that the Mariners might have interest in. Um, let's let's talk let's first I'm gonna ask you what is your like ideal offseason for uh, the to address the starting pitching? Is it do the Mariners need to go out and get a number two or would you be okay if they got a couple fours? Like what what's what's the overall goal? to address the starting pitching this offseason. Right, and it, um, it helps this year with the new uh, draft pick rules where mm-hmm. they won't lose a first-round pick um, if they sign a player that's tendered. Um, it, that helps. I, I think any team that, that can win the Otani sweepstakes is off <laughs> to a pretty dang good start. Um, right. Just... Just because you're, I mean, who, he's not proven, obviously, but you gotta think just stuff alone. He's, he's at least a middle of the rotation guy. Um, 
and you're not paying them like it. You're paying them for pennies on the dollar, um, which, which kind of frees you up to do some other stuff. But, um, Otani is kind of, kind of a big one for me. Um, a lot of it's just the unknown, uh, what he could be an ace. We don't know. Um, but Otani is the big, the big target for me. Uh, if they just get him, that would be a successful off season in my book, as far as the starting <laughs> pitching goes. Um, obviously there are other holes on the roster, but, um, outside of that, um, I, I think personally, I would, I would rather go after a Lance Lynn guy, um, who's kind of a, a really, a really good three, like probably a solid two. Um, I'd rather go after him for a moderate amount of money than, than go all in after like a U Darvish. Um, or or an area, and I think I think Lance Lynn's probably the guy I like there. And then there are some some mid tier guys. I know we've talked about like a Tyler Chatwood before. I think that would be an interesting pick, assuming it's relatively cheap. Uh, getting him out of Colorado and into Safeco, um, you would think that would help just right off the bat. Um, but that's kind of how I view it. All right, that's interesting. So I, I think Arietta is probably just a no. I don't think that's going to happen at all. Uh, it, I don't know that you Darvish is going to happen. I would certainly sniff around. Um, I, I think I'm of the opinion that the Mariners need an impact arm this winter, and that could be Shohei Otani. I mean, he could be that guy, and if you get him, great. It probably frees you up to add a number five guy, like maybe getting Otani for so cheap, and you can go ahead and you can sign some Vars, you know, see. Just right, kind of, right. I mean, it'd be nice to get a lefty to kind of even out the rotation a little bit, but that's not a big priority. Um, so I just, I was looking the other night at some uh, some potential pitchers who could be on the trade block, maybe um, keeping in mind, of course, the Mariners' limited resources to sign or to trade for these guys. Um, is there, I guess the guy I came up with is Jason Hamill. He was the guy that the Mariners pursued last off season. He was pretty mediocre this year, but overall has been okay. Um, Nine million dollars left on the. Is a guy like Jason Hamill, if the Mariners were to trade, you know, it wouldn't cost all that much. If the Mariners traded, I don't, Tyler Marlette for Jason Hamill, you know, is that something that you think would help, or do you think that's just more or less, you know, Matt? I just, yeah. See, I don't. I don't know if that moves the needle at all. Right. Um, and I mean. Not that Jason Hamill can't be effective. He's had, he's had a couple of really nice years. Um, his memory serves. He started pretty slow this last season and, and pitched well towards the end. But um, I just I just don't see moves like that moving the needle at all. It's hard to get excited about those. Um, but at the same time, I think if this year showed us anything, it's that you cannot have enough pitching depth. Um, but Personally, I would rather um, pay more for kind of a kind of a high impact guy. I get that if if they are going to do that, it's likely going to have to be through free agency, um, unless they are open to trading Kyle Lewis, um, which is whole whole other discussion. But I don't know. To answer your question, I would rather see some big big moves that maybe a little bit more risk, but but move the needle one way or the other a little bit more. I just I just hate being in no man's land. 
which is where the Mariners have been for about 10 years. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's infuriating. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, so uh, just get you out of here real quick here. Um, so you'd say Shohei Otani is your number one. Lance, would you say Lance Lynn is like your number two target? Yeah, so, I think so. I mean, we, you never really know until you see the money, but assuming that right. he would cost, Pretty conservatively less than than the U Darvish or Jake Arrieta. I think I think I really like what Lance Lynn could could bring. Yeah, and so uh, get you out of here on this. Uh, there are a few guys, the Mariners, uh, starting pitchers that the Mariners are almost certainly not going to uh, either pick up their option or tender them a contract. That of course being Drew Smiley, Hisashi Iwakuma, and Giovanni Gallardo. Um, would you be interested in bringing any of those guys back on a small, smaller deal than what they would get now if the options were picked up? Um, Iwakuma would be the guy that, that stands out to me. Um, um, I, it didn't sound like his shoulder was any anything crazy. I think he had just had arthroscopic surgery and it wasn't a repair or anything like that. I'm no medical expert, but... That's um, okay. Neither is Jerry Depoto. Yeah, it's kind of a minor league deal. Um, the interesting one there um, would be with Drew Smiley, with the knowledge that he's likely going to miss this entire season. But you can you can backload it or make it make the incentives pretty high for for the 2019 season. Um, it would be interesting to see what a contract with him could potentially look like. Right. I, I think if they tendered him a contract, he would get about $5 million. And that would – you'd pay, have to pay him $5 million and hope that he came back by August, which right. you know not likely. So I think for me, if I can get Smiley on like a million dollars – like a two-year extension, if I can get him for a million dollars in 2018 and whatever I get is whatever I get. And then in 2019, I can get it for $10 million or whatever. I think that's something that yeah. I'm interested in. Um, yeah, as, I agree. As for Iwakuma, if it's only going to, you might be able to get the guy back on a minor league deal. Um, right. I, I can't imagine he's going to have too big of a market. He's probably not even going to be available till May, give or take, by the time he builds up the strength. So a minor league deal or even like one or two million dollars with a ton of incentives, that that intrigues yeah. me. So is that something that you I, would do? I agree. Okay. It, yeah, I, I think so. Depending on what the rest of their offseason looks like, I don't really have any interest and seeing Gallardo throw another catch ever again. <laughs> Gallardo um, and Miranda. Yeah, those guys just don't quite do it for me. <laughs> All right, so we'll get you out of here. Do you have any uh, parting thoughts or anything? Uh, anything that no, you like mean, to... No, I mean, I'm excited to see. Uh, I'm excited to see Jerry get rolling. Um, it's all, it's always crazy. I know he said uh, he doesn't expect as many moves. Um, I'll believe that when I see it. <laughs> um, but, but with him, I mean, there's, there's something that's going to happen. Um, obviously I want, <laughs> I want them to win. Um, but more than that, I want them to see, I want to see them move the needle one way or the other. Um, so they kind of stand in limbo. I'm not for tanking, but I'm very much for rebuilding. Um, and, and if they're not going to go, go all in here, um, then I'm very much, in for in for a rebuilding year. I think I think we might be one year premature on that. Um, but I, I'm really interested to see uh, see what Dakota does this off season. 
And, you know, if DePoto does something, it's probably going to be early. Uh, what was it? In November of his first year here, he made the the Brad Miller and Lomo for right. Nate Carnes trade. And then last year, the day before Thanksgiving, I think, he made the Gene Segura yeah. Mitch Haniger trade. So DePoto's going to be aggressive early. Um, we'll see what he does. But I'm like you. I just can't wait to see what happens. It's going to be a very interesting offseason, to say the least. So, uh, TJ, I'm going to let you out of here. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Just let me know. All right. Sounds good. So that wraps up uh, part one of our starting pitching discussion on episode two of the Soto Mojo podcast. Like I said, join us for part two. Uh, it will be me and uh, Soto Mojo site contributor Dan Clark talking about starting pitching, and that will drop on Thursday morning more than likely. Uh, reiterate to what I said at the beginning of the podcast. If you guys ever feel like you want to talk some Mariners baseball, uh, you're more than welcome to join us. You just reach out to me on Twitter at CPAT11. Uh, you can reach me at, uh, you can reach us at the, uh, SotoMojo.com Facebook page and also the Twitter account and just let us know. We're also looking, if you want to write, if you want to, uh, manage the website, we're also looking for those two positions and, uh, it's a lot of fun. Like I said, you meet a, you'll meet some interesting people, some fun people, and of course get to talk about the Mariners. Uh, what could be better than that? So this is Colby Patnode with SotoMojo.com signing off. I'll see you in another life. <laughs>